Welcome to Lynn Cullen Live, talk radio without the static. Email your questions and comments to lynn at pghcitypaper.com. And now your host, Lynn Cullen. Hey there, and welcome to June 22nd, and I'm freezing. It's not even 60 degrees. Gosh, what an odd... And you people say there's such a thing as global warming. Ha! Hey, it's uh, Tuesday, and that means uh, my sister Susan will be joining us, I think. Hello? Hello? Hey, it's been a whole month, I think, Susan. I know. I feel like I've been, <laughs> the sock has yeah. been taken out of my mouth. <laughs> <laughs> well, here you are. And hear my voice. You you sound good. I do. do I I'm I have to confess. Um, our brother <laughs> is still here, so that which means oh. that uh, last night I uh, probably indulged. Yes. Yeah. Um. Well, well so. does he want to join in? Well, I he's not in the room right now. I've placed a phone next to his chair, and what he has said is, if the mood strikes him, he'll pick up. <laughs> well, how? sweet of him. Okay. <laughs> oh, God, you sound I'm, terrible. Well, I just have, it's allergies. I wake up, I mean, if this show were a night show, I'd be fine. Right. But but instead, people have to listen to me. Oh, that's oh, cool. That was people's okay. gas. Bill, pick up, and I've got <laughs> pick up the phone. I've got it. Okay. Hello. Hello. Oh. Oh, Bill, you're it. on the wrong phone. Get off that phone. <laughs> okay. No, I was trying to get him to pick up the phone. Wait. Wait a oh, but how could Because wait. I got to find out what people's gas wants with me. <laughs> okay, excuse me. I want to I want to apologize to my li- Bill, are you there? No. No, no he's one. not. He's not. You take over for a minute, dear sister. I'll be right back. Okay, I'm quite capable of it. Uh, so it's interesting that my my brother's there because I I was trying to clean up the um, whatever you call the, your your uh, computer screen and all the little thingamajigs on it, <laughs> the icons, right? And I some of them I don't even know what the hell they are. It says something like folder this or that and I was clicking on him and my God, it's a bunch of nonsense. But one, hi, well, hi. Okay. Hello. Hello. Are you back? Yeah. The gas I company is coming or whatever. And well, um, I don't know what they're doing. They've been torturing me for a month, as uh, you know. I know. I do know. <laughs> so um, okay. anyway, well, okay, I was, go ahead. Yeah, I was just saying it's weird that Bill is there because I almost called him last night because. I had uh, come upon this thing um, in which a number of his colleagues from around the world um, wrote their appreciations of him. Oh, yes, you f- right? you just came across that? No, I did initially see it, but I don't think I'd read a lot of it. And so I, I was reading some of these you know, extremely well-written sort of funny accounts from former students and, and people who taught with him and, um, you know, a a picture emerges of, um, you know, 
a character, to say the least. Yes. But, yes. But one they they all adore. Well, what one said at St. Andrews University when he comes to speak, 95% of the, uh, of the audience is just besotted with him. And 5% uh, file formal complaints. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds about right. That sounds about right. Yeah, right. But it did also talk about how better than his lectures are his post-lecture uh, goings-on where he repairs with as many audience members who will come to the nearest pub. And um, that – but, you know, different people writing from different places. One woman who first met him in Japan – on a Zoom call or something, she's writing, some guy from uh, Scotland's writing, and they're all telling essentially the same story. And it always ends in um, sort of raucous uh, laughter. And uh, and then the next day, one student recalled getting um, an email from him that said simply, how hungover are you? <laughs> There's also an urban myth that he he taught one property class at the University of Michigan Law School while concussed, and he didn't remember teaching the class. And is that some true? People, some people have embellished it that there was blood coming. He he gotten in a crashed his bike. That he was. Oh, bleeding. is this about me you're talking? Yeah. Oh, well, oh, that's Bill, an urban myth. They, they, people that, exaggerate, I, I, you know. But gee whiz. So, have you found out that I lost six points yesterday on my way down here? I, oh, I I'm got so shocked. Again. Because, Bill, Bill, I think that is I, the other thing. Wait a minute. That is the other thing. I was talking about rereading some of these things that uh, people had written about you. And one person mentioned your inability to deal with speed limits. I can't. And, I just I, I psychologically and physically cannot keep the speed limit. I don't know how I'm even going to get home from here. I think I might be at I think I think I'm still got three points left, but I might have zero and I'll find out soon. So I, I, I don't. Well, know. maybe you better get home so you can plead ignorance. Yeah. If in fact you well, here's here's what I suggested. I suggested that that attorney, uh, the the legal advice from this attorney to that attorney is to hire a lawyer. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, I'm guilty. That, well, yes, you are. But yeah. traffic attorneys have nothing to do. It's assumed you're guilty. They still plea bargain you out of your points. Well, you'll yeah, probably hard have to. No. You'll have, you're going to have no. to pick up garbage in a bad neighborhood. I asked the no. cop. Who, I asked the cop who stopped me. I said, "Do you, do you ride? Uh, do you have a motorcycle?" He says, "Yeah, Harley." I said, well, they're so slow, you can't. I said, man, look at this. I said, could you keep it to the speed limit? And he was not amused. So, Oh, uh, see, you think you can charm your way out of well, these I've things. I've charmed my way I, out of a few by always owning up to more than I've done. I said, you mean you only got me for 92? <laughs> oh, <God> almighty. <laughs> 
All right. I, so I, I, I tried with this guy. I said, I was, yes. I said, look, this is a new bike and I'm, I'm, I'm in the break in period and I'm just running it through it. I'm seeing what its limits are and how fast <laughs> it'll get from zero. All to, right. All right. You know, a hundred. So who was, was this? A, was this a, a Wisconsin cop or a yeah, this so was Wisconsin 10 cop minutes from leaving the house? 10 minutes from leaving the house. With mom, with, with mom, mom. And understand actually, it takes five minutes to get to the highway from the so, house. So, mom, <laughs> mom doesn't know about this. So I, I hope she's not listening. We decided to keep. She never listening. listens to my show. She's not gonna. Okay, so but she had a tear in her eye when she said goodbye to me. You know, she who says she never cries, but no tear came out. No, and, no, none, they, they none don't slip down the cheek, but a, a little, a little bit of wetness in the eye. Well, so, Bill, you are always her favorite. Yeah. Right, because as I pointed out to him, she sure doesn't get wet eyes when I leave. Me neither. <laughs> 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 well, I'm sure the audience is enjoying the three oh, Well, okay, okay. But, Bill, um, so how fast were you going five minutes onto the highway? In the 90s. But, you know, I, I – okay. I, yeah, but, you know – the bike just, you know, it's not even halfway. The throttle isn't even halfway open at that speed. It, it is just the most marvelous piece of engineering. It's it's just, uh, you. it just wants to fly. And, and it's hard for me to say no to it. Right. Oh, so you like pers- a dog, you've already. But you let yeah, dawdle because they're they're reading to hear Bill. So you have to stand on a street corner rooted for four hours. Lest you upset your dog in mid-chapter. He feels the same way about his motorcycle, who he communes with in spirit, and he knows that he I know. needs to fly. Well, he's you know what? I, I wonder, I, I thought, I said, you know, I'm 75, and you know how that's manifesting itself? That I didn't see a cop waiting up on, you know, a half mile up, at, you know, sitting between the two sections of the highway. I said, if I were 10 yep. years younger, I would have seen you and slowed down. But, you know... My eyesight's no good. Great. Jeez! <laughs> what? But what? Mine either, but I stick to only nine miles above the speed limit. <laughs> but you know... God almighty. So for the ten mi- first 10 miles after I, I leave, wondering, do I have a driver's license left? Do I have one? Oh, and kind of just feeling awful and demoralized. And I'm going the speed limit. And then I just feel like the speed limit is like you could get off the motorcycle and walk. You know, I, it's a, <laughs> well, if, yeah, so I, I, I it slowly start creeping up. And then I find the person who's going fastest on the highway and stay with him. And then I but I kept myself below 85. So I think good for you, Bill. Uh, uh, one of our listeners wants to know, have you ever heard of cruise control? Yes, actually, my motorcycle does have cruise control. This is a BMW motorcycle. I mean, top of the line. I've never treated myself to something like this. It's his new bike. He is just it's new, I and I'm tell. enamored of love. it. Yes. It's yes. A, it's and it does have cruise control. But I would think. I mean, one of the things you, I'll take a picture of it. You can put it on the site so everybody things, can admire it. One of the things you do if you want to stay alive on a motorcycle is be alert. And if you're using cruise control. You're 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 being lazy. You always want to be in total control of what the bike's doing. So I don't use it. No, but it would save me. It would save me the speed propensity. But I think that that, that the unsafety of using it is uh, 
not because you can't overcome it immediately if an emergency occurred, but it, it, it relaxes your mind too much and you don't want to do that. Yeah, I, I can't use it either. I no, use it I all the time, but that doesn't yeah. mean that my foot isn't hovering above the speedometer or brake, depending on whether I want to go faster or slower. So um, You know, the funny thing is, is that all three of us siblings are speeders, and we come by it naturally because our mother, our mother is just an aggressively speeding driver. And um, uh, But our dad alienated the public by always going 10 to 15 miles under the speed limit with lines of cars behind him who, when they eventually would pass, would flip them the bird, you know, and sheer rage. And he did not know what they were, what they were doing. He was what that totally, meant. Yeah. He was the world's worst driver, worst driver. And, well, and, he drove looking out of the side window at real estate. Side window, seeing if there the was real any, estate, if there was any that he could develop. Yeah. yeah. Right. If that the funeral home had any right. bodies, I mean, there were things to see. <laughs> God <laughs> Almighty! And then the okay. worst punishment in the world is being was being put in the car with him, oh, doors locked, awful. and taken for a ride and a talk. And no, oh, it was awful. It was just awful. Okay. It was pure All right. Okay. We're I'm done. sure your audience is. No, somebody. No, wait a minute. But somebody, Susan, I think your phone is. You're getting a little warbly. Really. Well, I was hearing warbles. Mm-hmm. So, hey, I so want to have you. I want to. Well, I want. Does your audience know about your dog singing and actually yes, driving? Yes. I. My sister took a picture of a, a video of Blue singing along with him with a video of himself singing to her playing the piano. <laughs> so right, right. it is so endearing and it should be posted on youtube because it would go viral it would absolutely go viral Uh, you know as usual you're 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 not you're you're incorrect no i put it on my i think i put his initial singing on the facebook page and it didn't go viral well you don't know how to do it then no, well, that's it's like, true. It's like you didn't know how to run run the mechanics of your own show i mean you didn't you don't even know how to post it on youtube Come on, get uh, it up there. No. Well, what an interesting show this has been. I want to apologize. I, oh, we got a half of it, only half of it left. <laughs> yeah, and I wanted to say I do have to end on our usual time, despite the fact that we haven't filled a – won't be a full hour then, but um, I, I have someone coming Remember, I told I, I don't think I told the audience. I finally won something in a raffle. I won uh, I won a television set. Oh, right, you won a television set in a raffle. In a raffle for Planned delivered. Parenthood, and it's coming uh, at eleven. And the guy who's going to install it because it has to hang on the wall. That's income. So, yes, I'm. Yeah, but, um, uh, you're getting some tax advice from the peanut gallery. Uh, your brother wants you to know that's income. You know. To the extent that you got value over what you paid for it, you have to declare it. Yeah, well, I'll declare it as soon as fucking Musk and Bezos and all the rest of them have to declare their income. 
even if it doesn't come in a paycheck. Well, it what? So now you're one of those. I'm not paying no taxes, no how, no web. That just because they, just because the tax laws are written for Bezos and the likes to take to pay no taxes legally, does not mean that you can avoid taxes owed legally. And I'm no, afraid I that our brother is right. No, and, and you're just going to invite an audit because it's easier to audit you than Bezos. And then God knows what they're going to find. So pay the $5. They won't find anything. I'm scrupulously honest. And so by I the way, say, I would cause, I would call that television used and only worth what you paid for it and, and leave it at that. that you, what do you, you mean? Well, it's, it's an you. auction. You you paid for it, so it is by definition worth what you paid for it. Well, I paid. A, I bought a bunch of tickets hoping to win. So yeah, yeah. yeah. Anyway, All right. screw it. Okay. All right. Like Speaking any good lawyer, I've Jeff- just given you totally okay. conflicting advice. <laughs> okay. And speaking of Jeff Bezos. Um, who has, I he, just, has he gotten in his rocket ship yet? There's I all hope these he times. does, and it blows up. Listen, I know. When the Trump family know, got in the airplane to fly out of Washington, I was so busy. If I did, if, if I had prayer beads, I would have been pulling them. And you know, same thing with Bezos going up in the rocket. Gee, what could go wrong? You know. And I mean, it's so petty. He's only doing it to beat because he lost the big uh, contract to go to the moon. uh, Right. Because SpaceX wins. He's going to, he wants to be the first. So this uh, is another one. Yeah. It's like, it's, it's two men, two gazillionaires. We call this a pissing contest. Yes. It is a pissing contest and it is, I'm so done. And, and some other friggin' billionaire paid over $28 million to sit next to him. To sit next to him. 28 mil to sit next to him. I know. They should both, you know. Yeah. I, <laughs> <laughs> I know. How much bad karma is it that the list that I have of people that I don't care if they keep living keeps growing longer? <laughs> well, I, you know, and, and all he's doing, I mean, this is, he's just going up and coming right down. It's, the whole thing's going to last 11 minutes. Right. It's just he gets shot up there and then it comes down with a parachute. Big deal. It's like Uh going to the carnival. I know. So screw him. But look at it this way. They wasted all that goddamn money for 11 stupid minutes. And, you know, they shouldn't have that money. That's not amusing. Think of all the good they could have done with all of that. Oh, it just makes me sick. I so hate these people. I remember when uh, when your husband was in. a resident in New York. It's the first time I saw written on the sides of buildings graffiti that said, eat the rich. And at the time, I didn't even quite, I thought, huh, eat the rich. I still don't quite get it, but I get it now. Eat them, skewer them, broil them. Yeah. Yeah, you know that, that that I was in a good mood, and these technical difficulties got me all. Yeah, I know the technical dif- difficulties got you in a really crummy mood. You were in a good mood. Now all I you want to do is yell at everybody and kill think people. about your new TV coming. It's tra la tra la. Big deal. Something will go wrong. Anyway, 
you won't know Speaking how to work it. That's what's going to go wrong. <laughs> Speaking of falling out of the sky. Yes. There's this just unbelievably harrowing account. It's a picture of a woman. I'm looking at her right now. Looks to be about my age. And she survived a plane crash into the Amazon. Oh, that one that killed her whole family. Yeah. It killed everybody. There wasn't a survivor, 92 passengers, crew, everybody gone. And she... Well, uh, let me just read her. This She says what happened. She walked out. She said, the next thing I knew, she saw the lightning hit the plane uh, wing. And she was on the flight with her mom. And, and she said this, the next thing I knew, I was no longer inside the cabin. I was outside in the open air. I hadn't left the plane the plane had left me. She was two miles up and she strapped to a bench. My God, I think she, I'm, it's, it's, this whole thing is making me throw up just hearing you say it. Go ahead. Uh, can I continue? You can continue. She's strapped to a bench. She's two miles up. The airplane has left. Bench. And she's she's not plunging. She's going like a maple tree seed. She's she's going like a helicopter. Right. She's spinning. She's spinning in this seat, but going down. And she said this from above. So she's conscious from above. The treetops resembled heads of broccoli. Yeah, they would. And then she doesn't remember. Then she blacked out. She regained consciousness. She was still strapped to the bench, but she was under it. And that's what saved her was, life. Well, the what saved her life were all those trees, the broccoli. Yeah, but if she if she lands with the bench on top of her, it's also sort of creating a and she's strapped into it. It's creating oh, it's a space the, the that she can't fall her. out of. Yeah. So that when she yeah, and and she amazing she fell two miles and she had a broken collarbone, a sprained knee. <laughs> She sounds she like some, mother. It's, it sounds like what would happen if our mother fell two be, miles yeah, out of an right. airplane. Right. Oh, I got a sprain. Oh, I got a scrape on my knee. She had gashes on her right shoulder and her eyes were, you know, all swollen and stuff. But she just lay there for apparently almost two days. She was in complete shock. She was probably concussed, they say. And she ended up walking for 10 days, 11 days through, I mean, the Amazonian jungle with poisonous snakes and bees and riverbed stingrays and all this stuff. And she just kept stumbling forward. 
Well, you she know, this, swam sometimes. She walked, yeah. and she's okay. She's in the she, yeah. This is decades ago that this happened. It happened in 1971, and it remains the worst uh, crash in terms of life loss caused by lightning. Amazing. It is amazing, but uh, you know, <clears throat> I don't know. One wonders what the what that does to one psycho- psychologically. Um, she was a teenager. Her mother as a been teenager. On you've lost your mother on the flight. You've, you're the only survivor of 92 people. You fly. You fall two miles without a parachute and land with merely a broken collarbone and some gashes. Then you walk 11 days through the Amazon jungle to save your life after being unconscious for two days. What does that do to your brain? How empowered do you feel on top of all the trauma? I mean, which, what wins, the trauma or the empowerment? You know, the boy, that was not my time. And, you know, is that what you think? God's hand led me out of there because that was not possible? I mean, you know, how does your brain accept that kind of information it's it's uh, it's hard to witness and accept how does one live through that and accept it it's interesting as you're saying that i'm looking at more of this and and she said this i grew up knowing that nothing is really safe not even the solid ground i walked on um The memories have helped me again and again to keep a cool head, even in difficult situations. So it was empowering. Although it says she's still haunted by her mother, uh, she said, above all, of course, the moment when I had to accept that really only I had survived and that my mother had indeed died. Then there was the moment when I realized that I no longer heard any search planes and was convinced that I would surely die. And the feeling of dying without ever having done anything of significance in my young life, that haunted me. But on day filled into a, a camp of some forest workers, and it said that they poured gasoline into her open wounds to flush out the maggots that protruded like asparagus tips. God! Well, she grew up to be a, uh, a noted anthropologist. Yeah, I've been... Uh... I've been looking at that story and not reading it because it was scaring me to death just to read the headline. (laughs) (laughs) Unbelievable. Her father had been a scientist, but, you know, yeah, what would that do to your head? Well, her head is is fine. Well, I I think it's interesting because – her brain accepted it all and gave it all credit. It accepted the trauma and accepted the empowerment. And the empowerment in the end wins. Um, uh, but uh, it's all there. You know, the, the, I, 
sort of interesting that 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 horror that that horrible thing would be the cure to the worst of what happened to her. Um, you know. Ugh. Yeah. Um. Anyway, Uh-oh. you know when that when the sh- what now they can't hear us again. What are you saying? Oh, no. But Ed wrote, for what it's worth, the sound seems to be working on the YouTube website, but not on the City Paper website, which means people were hearing us up until we hung up, right? On right. YouTube. <laughs> oh God. Well. Well, now Whatever. they know if that if that's true. Now they know how disgusted you are by. Uh... <laughs> was I? Yeah, I was. No, we were just moaning and groaning. Yeah. yeah. Um. All right. And it does break our rhythm. I would just like to say, it makes it a little <laughs> difficult. We were talking yeah. about Kavanaugh, and I was, and I, and I was, and we were both talking about how weird it is that we totally agree. You know, and and same with uh, Amy Conan Bryant or whatever her name is. That she's been, uh, you know, I'm yeah. fingers fingers crossed. Yeah. Well, that, you listen. Wait till they get to the abortion. Wait, wait till they get to the abortion stuff, and then they'll be on. The, <clears throat> well, they and the yeah. bishops will go off in their merry way. Oh, the bishops! Oh my God, the bishops! When I when I was reading. When I was reading what that guy in L.A. was saying about their moral authority. Oh, oh, that their moral authority rests. If they can't do this, then their moral, if they have no moral authority. And all I was thinking of was your moral authority authority? rests on this. What moral authority? Exactly. You you squandered your moral authority when you didn't help extant children. You squandered yeah. your moral authority when you starved and and basically murdered children for, you know, a couple of centuries. But their moral authority rests no. on forcing women to give birth. Okay. No, they I agree. And I think a lot of ex Catholics would say no. They lost their moral authority, which is why uh we're we're not anymore in the pews. And there was a, a really good piece written um, by a guy uh, who used to be in Congress. His name is Tom Perriello, and he's a, a practicing Catholic. And he said this. This is pretty good. When the bishops met, they could have voiced their support for today's economic and racial justice movements. They could have backed congressional efforts to guarantee dignity for children, parents, the aging, and the workers who care for them. Instead, these men who benefit from a lifetime guarantee of housing, health care, and income voted to back a measure that could be an early step toward limiting communion for a man of compassion, empathy, and quiet faith. President Biden. And right. they're really taking on. an exemplary Catholic to make a. I know, I know, a point, a really a bad, point. just this is so bad all the way around. 
And then he says this, at a time when the church could model moral accountability, that's what they should be doing, model moral accountability for its decades of criminality and corruption, it opts instead for the partisan agenda of its largest donors and the misogyny inherent in its structure. It has chosen to mock, well, he goes on, this is, and he, he finishes by saying, I pray that the American bishops reflect on Pope Francis's message that communion is not the reward of saints, but the bread of sinners. Instead of asking whether they think President Biden is worthy of communion from them, I pray that they ask what they must do to rebuild the moral authorities that would have them offering communion to any of us. Yep. There it is. Yeah, and really, it's actions like this that are really devastating to the church. I just, I look at people in, you know, my own family who were daily communicants and haven't stepped foot in a church, you know, since well before the pandemic and have no intention of going back. Um, and they are they and they say it has nothing to do with their faith. It has to do with the people that um, are interpreting it. Yeah. Unbelievable. Well, no, they the bishops, the U.S. bishops are out of step with global bishops. They are absolutely the worst of the worst. And who put and, these and, guys who I well, you know, it's just time to talk about taxing again. I mean, this is not yes. a, this is not it's a, a religious, it's, it's a, this is a political position. It's a political statement. Uh, it aligns with a whole political movement. And I yep. think that they should be taxed. I'm tired yeah, of this no. nonsense. Listen, nothing ever, you know, gets to where it should be. In other words, they should be taxed. The rich should be taxed. And none of it will happen because these are the powers that control our corrupted institutions. Religious, political. Well, no, what, 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 what will happen is that the institution will cease to exist because it will have no members. And uh, if there are no parishioners in the pews putting money in the box. No, well, what will be left are the Trump voters. That's right. It'll be no different than the Republican Party. It'll be a bunch of white right-wingers. That will be the U.S. Catholic Church. Yeah. Did you notice, speaking of uh, Catholic Church, it makes me think of Wisconsin. Did you notice that Ron Johnson got booed out of the Juneteenth? Yes, I loved it. I love it. How dare he? And he said, "These these aren't Wisconsiners. He said, they're nice people. Oh, yeah, right. Like you? He's not a nice person. <laughs> and and Pence got booed out of a, a faith and Christian conference, too. Pence. I didn't see that Pence got booed yeah, out of a Christian did. conference. Yeah, he did. He got booed and called a traitor. They started screaming at him. Can you believe that? What the hell did he do except almost get killed? Oh, yeah. Well, he didn't. Well, here's what he did. He didn't offer himself up to be crucified. He took he took umbrage at the fact that he was offered up. <laughs> God Almighty! For 
a moment. Then he stopped complaining. Oh, guess what? What? My my TV installer says, I'm running a little late. Is it okay if I show up around one? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, God. That's really a little late. If you were expecting him at 10 and he's going to show up at at 1... Oh, it is. No, he oh, said okay. between 11 and noon, but he, okay. he clearly had wanted to, you know. Have lunch. Just... <laughs> <laughs> you know, I was looking at, a, I get these stupid catalogs still, not many, but I still get some. And the Hammocker Slimmer, mm-hmm. which has to be the worst name. Yes, but you know Hammaker Slimmer. I mean, we all remember Hammaker Slimmer for no good reason. (laughs) (laughs) You know, John Hammaker and George Slimmer get an idea. They get together. I suppose the only thing was they could have called it Slimmer Hammaker. Would that have been any? They went alphabetical. They clearly went alphabetical. Hammaker Slimmer. You think? That's what they did. They went, okay. And it says right here above their names. America's longest-running catalog since 1848. 1848, that catalog's been going? That's what it's I always liked my hammocker slimmicker or whatever it is. Well, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. And you know why? There's always some good stuff in it. No, there's always some stuff. You know, I'm looking at it, and I'm thinking, what the hell? It is like, okay, here's one. I was looking at it. The three-minute wrinkle reducer. Now, first of all, there is no such thing, right? In three minutes, we're going to get rid of your wrinkles. What do you think it does? Um, it probably either um, it, it inflates you. It um, you know it it makes you uh, it swells you up, so that fills in the wrinkles. I don't think it. It does. plumps you. It's like when you put that stuff no. on your lips. Well, no, and you but come out looking like minutes. you know it something else. Do it in three minutes. How do they call something the three-minute wrinkle reducer? And then in the fine print, it says here, results are typically seen after eight weeks. <laughs> I, I think that means. I think that means that the treatment only takes three minutes, Lynn. Uh, yeah, this is yeah. how you always get into trouble. This is why you bought oh, that buy yeah. thing that that get that that you know the relaxizer. The relaxizer. <laughs> the relaxizer, right? That was going to melt pounds off your thighs by electrocuting you repeatedly. <laughs> right. <laughs> Took eight I mean, weeks well, to see results feels- from that too. <laughs> That's right. But I was an idiot then. I was like nineteen years old. And, you know, the upshot of that story is I was reading uh, like Newsweek or Time magazine, maybe in the 70s, 80s. And there was a story about a uh, mental institution somewhere in the in New England uh, that had been shut down for cruelty. And one of the things in the article uh, mentioned that was mentioned was they had uh, they tortured uh, some of the inmates <laughs> With, a, with this thing called a relaxer, <laughs> <laughs> and that's the, that's the last I ever heard of that. 
for those who don't know, you'd stick it, you stuck little pads on your thighs, and then you plugged into a wall. And, and you electrocuted it, yourself repeatedly. It electrocuted. <laughs> it, 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 it shot electricity into your into your legs, which made your your muscles contract. So right, and if you just, put it on either side of your skull, you could do electroshock <laughs> therapy at home. <laughs> well, what normal what the danger was, and I thought that was just fine. I thought it was a riot. But I had asked, I called a friend and said, you got to come over and do this. It's amazing. So she came over and we were both lying on the floor in my, in my apartment. And she had one on her leg and I had one on our, and I plugged it in and it starts and she screams and I'm laughing and this and that. And then we were laughing so hard that we like rolled toward each other and Oh no! And you 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 arced. Yes, we touched each other, and then we really did get electrocuted. <laughs> well, that explains your mood adjustment. Yes. <laughs> oh dear God. Yeah, well, this is in the, this is when we write Lynn's story. This will be under the chapter, and she persevered. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you always here. survived and I came back. And, and and here's the thing that it's one of my favorite things about you, actually, is that no matter how ridiculous the antic was that you and the predicament was that you found yourself in and no matter how humiliating the consequences were to you personally <laughs> it never failed that you would come running right home and tell me about it i always yeah. thought it was such a nice big sisterly thing to do going i am such an effing idiot don't do this <laughs> <laughs> you saved me so many yeah, times a lot of crap. you saved yeah. me a lot of crap not that yeah. I have to admit, not that I might have ventured into some of the circumstances. <laughs> but others were really helpful. So I I, I truly thank you for that, Lynn. Well, I, I just do. Well you were a very generous older sister. Well, and, and, and you know, apparently humiliation proofed. <laughs> well, look. Our brother wrote a book called Humiliation. Yeah, our brother did write a book called Humiliation. Stories of his own humiliations. And I, yeah, we just see them as good stories, right? Right. That's, they are. They're good stories. They are good stories. They are good okay, stories. But I, I prefer to laugh at the two of you being humiliated than being humiliated <laughs> myself. It's, it's, it's one of the advantages of being number three. Okay, go, go ahead. Okay, then here's an, on the next page of Hammaker Schlemmer. Here's another one. The generously sized zero gravity lounger. And I'm looking at this guy. Why would it be generously sized? It's generously sized because Americans are obese, are fat, right? So, so this is a fat chair designed for fat people to get fatter <laughs> because it's the fat person who shouldn't be lounging around, right? Right. I'm sure now. Now you're in trouble. Get, now you're body yeah, now shaming, and you're telling people that they have to exercise, Lynn. Shame on you. 
I know I'm a horrible person. I really am. I'm the worst. Well, we're oh, a product of our generation. God. You know, certain things can't change. But we do well, agree that if, if you need to, you know, unless there are medical reasons for your um, uh, inability to uh, maintain a healthy weight um, and such that you have to buy a chair to accommodate your unhealthy weight, Lynn is not wrong. Perhaps you should just walk around the block and need a regular size chair. Now we're well, both in trouble. How's that? I took one for the team. <laughs> well, I remember the first time I saw one of those wheelchairs. It looked like, you know. A triple wide. Was, yeah. And I thought, the first thought was, why would you put more than one person in a wheelchair? Yeah, no, I never mind. Okay, we're we'll get off it. Yeah, you know, I was I, trying I, to help I, and you just. <laughs> you know, yeah, I know. <laughs> Go ahead. Can, um, yeah, I want to. Um, I just want to get something off my chest. Um, I hear almost every night in my neighborhood explosions. Oh yes, it's the. It, you? It's, oh, of course. We start that. I for some reason fireworks happen nightly. No matter where, and um, and it's just torture dog time. I got to tell you, what is with what? I guess I've I know I've talked about this before, but I really, and I don't even have a dog now that is terrorized by them. My dog could care less; he'd sleep through it. But I did have a dog like that once, who, oh my God, would shake so much that you know, you couldn't you could not help him. He was beside himself um and it's not just that it scares dogs it scares wildlife it well scares, it, it, it scares, scares human veterans. beings loud it scares pops that sounds it's like gunshots are no longer amusing in today's america i would just exactly right and you know you know what i was thinking this will inure us to the sounds when the next like january 6 guys do something in our neighborhood with explosions. And this time it will be gunfire. And we'll think, oh, they're setting off firecrackers again. Right. Well, you figure well, out pretty quickly the difference. Um, but I also think about all the veterans who have uh, PTSD, for whom those sounds bring back such terror. Um. How can well, look, not... the point is that you're doing it uh, just on the face of it. Don't think about who you're scaring and the effect it has on traumatized animals and people. Why after dark, when small children are asleep and older people are trying to go to sleep, is anybody's best idea to disturb the peace? I mean, it's just it's it's just rude. Just cut it out. I mean, And on the 4th of July, I'm going to say once again that the stuff that causes noise in fireworks is added to cause noise in fireworks. Right. It actually it obstructs be the beautiful colors by sending up all of that black smoke. And you could have all of the grandeur of the colors going up with none of the noise and, and uh, you know, 
obstructing black smoke. But that sea would uh, eviscerate the experience for so many because the sound of it is the explosion is. Well, play the, the play pleasure. patriotic music over loudspeakers instead. Well, they do that too. They play. They've got the the music blaring. The I don't know. I I God, I hate our culture. I just hate it. You know, we are there. People have have lost any sense of civility. I saw that there was a letter in the uh, New York Times today from a woman. I hadn't seen the article. That was somebody had written into uh, the fashion consultant. Um, what is the proper thing to wear to a funeral? And the woman who wrote in said, "How how far have we fallen that somebody has to ask what to yeah, wear? Yeah, what do you wear to a funeral? It, it, just I don't you know, you don't clothes. Wear. And, and the answer was no ripped jeans. Uh, no, but you know, midriff bared. God. Yeah, I know. And then I had to call my insurance guy because someone took out. Yeah, your wall. Painting wall with their car, and of course, kept going. Didn't do the right thing, and the insurance guy said, "You know." You can tell he's just, he's seen it all, heard it all. And he said, I really can't take it anymore. He said, people don't have a clue how to be civil, how to be honorable. It has nothing to do with our culture, civility and honor. Nothing. No. Or thinking about somebody else. No, or thinking about somebody else, which is why you've got so many people in this country still unvaccinated, uh, you know, who I and it just it's amazing to me. Mm -hmm. You know, did you see that Missouri is the number one state for for COVID now? And it's all uh, the the uh, Delhi version and uh, or New Delhi version. And they're all going to be in trouble. And yeah, yeah, yeah. And you know what? Hey, I want to throw this out here. Um, we'll go five more minutes, okay? Five more minutes, yeah, because I actually I do have something I have to do. Okay, okay, okay. five more minutes. The um, I I really enjoyed. Uh, I finally found a really good uh, gynecologist of a, a, a nurse practitioner person. Yeah, I really liked. And the last time I saw her during the pandemic, and I was not vaccinated yet, I said, man, you're vaccinated, I bet. And she said, well, no, that I might be the last person here who's not. I said, why aren't you? And she didn't give me a good answer. Because it was certainly offered to her, right? And you know, as it I changed every out, I, yeah. I don't want to. I'm not going to her. No, you don't want to. Why? Why great. would you trust her judgment? Well, that's right. And now, a woman who I've used as a personal trainer, I'm in the same situation with. Oh no. Yeah. And I, and I mentioned it to my son, 
And he jumped on me for like, you, again, it's like this, his generation, you, what, you're going to shame people for their vaccination status? No, but you, no, you aren't going to shame them, but you don't have to use them. Right. You can say, let's be, let's be be real here. You said it. I can't trust their judgment anymore. You can't. First of all, you can't trust their judgment. (laughs) Second of all, a vaccination doesn't mean you aren't going to get COVID. It means that there's a chance that you won't die from it if you do. And there are plenty of people that don't want to risk getting a breakthrough infection, even though they're vaccinated. Right. And, you know, there are consequences to your actions. If you are asked, if you are, I know a lot of people that are not going to, to use people that aren't vaccinated because they don't, yeah, for one, they don't trust their judgment. And two, you are taking a personal risk. Not a great one, a slight, but you the are. The risk is higher, right? Yes. The risk is higher, slightly higher. And the thing is, is if you're in healthcare, which this, both of these women are, you would expect you them to trust the science. To make people healthier, huh? You would think that they would trust the science. And in both cases, they both talked about themselves. You know, well, I don't think blah 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 and that tells me something yeah because it ain't about them that's right they're refusing to be part of the solution to saving other people and i don't understand why that's so hard to comprehend and i'm not looking forward to having a conversation about this. I mean, the, the gynecologist person, I'll just never go back. I don't have to have a conversation. Right. But the other one, I'm going to have to have a conversation. I feel bad. Yeah. I like her. I have a history with her. But I can't do it. No. Uh, and well, you don't think I'm being crazy. No, I do not. Thank you. I do not. And honestly, I, for me, there's another side to this. And it's that if you do like these people and you and and you do want what's best for them, then if you can coerce them in any way in your power to do what is best for them, then do it. And if not using them helps them see that they're making a mistake, then more power to you. I've sent her articles, I mean, for all the good it does. You know, you you just... If you... We've got people that are trying to stick keys on their cheeks because they think they're going to be magnetized. We have young... And that is before a Ohio legislative hearing. There are women saying that it magnetizes your face if you get a vaccine. And they're sticking keys on their face to show, and the keys are dropping off. We have now. By the way, that does not mean that I can't hang a spoon off my nose and has nothing to do. It has nothing to do with (laughs) magnetic stuff. It has to do with oil, a little dampness and the right sized nose. But, um, you know, this is just I'm just there's no valid reason. 
You know, mm-hmm. Bill Gates isn't sticking microchips in it because they couldn't fit through the needle, folks. They, it's not, doesn't make people sterile. This is, this oh, is all that is out there. Well, there's one absurd thing after another. You know, when you first heard about QAnon, when that Pizzagate thing happened and some deranged person comes in with a gun going to kill the people in this pizza restaurant because uh, he thinks they, they're right. They're, there's the child sex people. ring in the basement. Yeah. Right. Well, that's the first time I heard a QAnon or paid any attention to it. And you know, I remember laughing and and thinking, what? And now it's a an idiot. Now it's a yeah. political party. Yeah, it's it's uh, 30 percent of uh, yeah, it's over thirty percent of Republicans. That was and, openly uh, founded on lies. This is what's so interesting absurd. to me. I mean, the, the, the people that started QAnon admitted that they would put out the most ridiculous thing that they could to see if it would float. And that turned into a political party. Hey. Oh. <laughs> See, we can always, we can get ourselves laughing and then we can turn around and depress ourselves within 30 <laughs> seconds again. We're, 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 uh, we're nimble. Yeah. Emotionally. Yeah, we're nimble. There's a, there's a word. I'll just let David get his thing in here. Uh, the U.S. bishops are logically challenged, morally challenged, sexually challenged. And they're blind to the fact that their outlook is antithetical to the definition of the word Catholic, which is supposed to mean universal. In other words, they suffer from anal myopia because they have their heads up their own asses. Yay, David. (laughs) (laughs) I like anal myopia. Okay, anal myopia. Yeah, anal. Why is anal? I mean, anything that works anal into it ends up being a great analogy. And in law school, I was taught never to put a person on a jury that had a mouth like the anal orifice of a chicken. And I, reflecting on that, thought that was actually good advice. (laughs) What the hell? You know who has that mouth? Donald Trump. His Donald Trump does have a mouth like the anal orifice of a chicken. And you wouldn't want him on your jury. No, I think the thing is that they were saying you don't want somebody with pursed lips because they're like judgmental you know, and nasty. Judgmental right. is that right. what the they yeah? Were I would think that's what they were saying that that, <laughs> they, that they were they were too restrictive to. Uh... <laughs> oh God! All right, Suze, go do what you got to do. Is Bill on the road yet? No, Bill is sitting across from me, eagerly waiting for me to hang up so he can get on the road. And uh, oh, then I am okay. going out to be with my daughter, who has thrown out her back. <laughs> God in heaven. Life is constantly amusing, but I just get to cuddle my granddaughter, so it's fine. It's fine. Yeah. All right, you. Okay. Nice Thank to talk you. to you again. It's been a month. Uh, we never speak to each other unless there's the show. So, <laughs> <laughs> All right, Sue. Thank Bye. you. Tell Bye. Bill to be safe. Bye. Yeah, Bill, be safe, Bill. Thank okay. You. Thank you, he says. Yeah. Okay. Bye. Bye. <laughs> Lynn Cullen Live. 
Monday through Thursday from 10 a.m. to 11 a.m. and archived at pghcitypaper.com. The opinions expressed on Lynn Cullen Live are those of the host and do not necessarily reflect the viewpoints of Pittsburgh City Paper or its advertisers.